Welcome to For the Love of Books, Bees Books Edition, a podcast by North Lancashire Libraries. Hello, this is Paddy. And this is Jenny, and welcome to Bees Books. So, the theme that we gave us this time is something that I'm actually really excited about. It's called Fact or Fiction. And the reason that I'm excited about it is because I think every single episode except potentially the last one I've recommended fantasy books mm-hmm. so people are going to think that's all I read yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of what I read but the other sort of side of my reading journey is non-fiction mm-hmm. I love non-fiction which is a very weird uh, dichotomy I think fantasy and non-fiction uh-huh. very different ends of the spectrum <laughs> but yeah so I wanted an excuse to recommend a non-fiction book mm-hmm. so yeah really excited so I'm the opposite I do not read non-fiction books for me reading is entertainment Mm -hmm. um, and non-fiction isn't entertainment I have read a couple um, for various reasons but it's not something I would go to so I'm interested to see if you can talk me around Mm. to your book but my book is A Street Cat Named Bob but I have chosen to read the quick read version so quick reads are basically very small books they're like short stories written by authors that you know um, they're the perfect size for a bus trip a Mm. dentist or doctor's waiting room that kind of a thing Um, so I made myself read it um, and basically it's a shortened version of the full book so okay so it is an abridged Uh version that's the word I was looking for (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it was it was good Um, but obviously the, the style of the book is that it's more of a kind of nice story that's a that's true rather than anything else. Mm. Um, but I'll get into that because I'm interested to see what you've chosen. Well, my book's called The Theory of Everything Else, A Voyage into the World of Weird. Oh. And it's by Dan Schreiber. So actually, like I was telling you, Jenny, just before we hit record, I originally picked another book for B mm-hmm. um, because I thought, like I'd already read that book and I loved that book. And I could have like squished it into fit with the theme, I think. But this one fits so much more directly. I started reading it over the weekend and I was like, okay, no, I have to change because it's such a more direct fit into the theme. Mm -hmm. And I usually like ones that don't really quite fit into the theme, but I couldn't let this go. And like what you said about entertaining, like you like books to be entertaining. I think this book is super entertaining. So I'm going to try and sell you or anybody else who's Mm -hmm. not really into non-fiction a little bit on it. I'm liking the cover. So there's Mm -hmm. like a... UFO yeah. shining the light down and is that a raccoon? It is, yes. Excellent. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, and it's a, it's a really striking cover. Uh-huh, it is. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Um, also, it doesn't look like a non-fiction cover, what you would traditionally think of yeah. as a kind of boring non-fiction cover. It's, you know. That's true. There's like different, I think, kinds of non-fiction. So yes. the kind of non-fiction I like best and I was very much like you. Like, I think... Uh, it was only in my early to mid 20s that I really started reading nonfiction. Before that, I was very much only fiction. Mm-hmm. I, because I don't think I'd found any nonfiction that really resonated with me. They all seemed too intimidating or too boring and dryly written. And I think that's still a problem now with a lot of nonfiction, which works for some people. Like some people prefer reading a lot of like dense texts. I like nonfiction, like I love nonfiction about everything, but I like it written by good storytellers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they sort of weave a narrative around uh, like whatever topic that they 
choose to write about mm-hmm. and i really like that they get so excited about the stuff they're writing about and they sort of infect you with that enthusiasm and they make it accessible and they make it easy to read even if the subject itself is not super easy mm-hmm. they um yeah they find a way to bring all this intense information that they've done so much research on and bring it all together in a way that makes sense to someone who's not very much mm-hmm. into that which is like my other job is a researcher like a social science researcher which is why i actually so i'm going to talk about why i recommended this book so i love how people i think believe different things and why people believe what they do this is something that i'm really fascinated about especially like you know people find different ways to make meaning of the world right like it could be through religion it could be through popular media it could be through i don't know library book groups or whatever podcast uh but also sometimes and we see that increasingly now when people are believing all these different things but mm-hmm. sometimes when those beliefs come together they clash a little bit mm-hmm. which has led to like horrible things yes, currently uh, is yes. still leading into horrible things but this one is not about yeah. that <laughs> this is more light so I'm trying to keep it light to ignore the horrible mm-hmm. things that are happening around the world so this book is essentially about beliefs mm-hmm. it's about fringe beliefs a little bit so it's about so that's why the ufo i'm not i've not quite gotten to the raccoon but yet i have i still have 100 pages or so left okay. of the book so i'm not sure what the raccoon is doing here but people who believe they've been abducted by aliens mm-hmm. or they're uh, investigating apparently prince philip was uh, very much into the whole ufo mm-hmm. um theories and things like that so this book has a lot of that kind of thing like anecdotes mm-hmm. of different people famous and not famous or famous among a certain section mm-hmm. of people who believe the same things and it's just like it's written in a way that really makes you want to believe these things or not want to believe but want to know no. why they believe mm-hmm. these things uh, and it's really easy to read i think mm-hmm. so i wasn't reading much the last two weeks i had like uh, other things Stop. going on so i this was a good way to sort of get into mm-hmm. like reading again but even for people who don't like non fiction i think it's great because it has like Cha- chapters mm-hmm. that are pretty pretty short uh-huh. um but within those chapters it has sex- shorter sections so you know you can dip in and out mm-hmm. of it and they're sort of stand alone so you don't need to read it all together which a lot of non fiction like if it's about a specific topic it tends to be like you need to read it all together yeah. to for it you know to be into it but this one you can just pick in and out whenever you can i've been reading it together mm-hmm. but it's just fascinating the different kinds of things that people believe and the the things that you may not really agree with mm-hmm. but you know it sort of makes me think like i think i think i like have a balance between wanting to being open to things that haven't been proven yet because mm-hmm. i always think that the kinds of things that we take for granted now like even 50 100 200 years ago it would have seemed like magic or science Absolutely. fiction so i'm just really open to but on the other hand it's like you know this push and pull between mm-hmm. the rational side and heavy quotes and the being open to things like oh yeah maybe there are aliens in the world like i think it would be quite unlikely if there weren't aliens in the world and that we were the only mm-hmm. sort of people but i don't know if we'll see any but yes i want to hear about your book and why mm-hmm. your book is yeah fact of fiction yeah. so as i say it's a small an abridged version thank mm-hmm. you for the word <laughs> of a bigger book 
Um, and basically, it's about a man who's had a bit of a troubled life. Um, and he comes home one day and there's a, a ginger cat sitting on the mat of somebody else's um, house in the flats. Um, and he kind of strikes up a friendship with the cat. Um, and the cat's had a troubled life as well. It's a bit battered and bruised looking. Um, so he kind of adopts it, although I think they adopt each other. Yeah. Um, and basically it's about how you know they kind of help each other along their, their journey. Um, and the cat kind of joins them. I think he... Um, he's a, like a busker and he goes out and he helps him with, with that kind of a thing um, and it was nice it was a nice short story as I say you know it's like a wee kind of pocket book yeah um, I do like cats so it was it was nice reading it as well and as you can see from the cover this, the cat has a wee scarf on it's, oh, it's very, and it's a ginger cat yes. oh. <laughs> and you can see there he looks quite happy but at the beginning it was quite a, a troubled cat it obviously oh. you know a street cat had got into a bit of a a Barney with some other cats, that kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was, a, it was a lovely story. Um, and when you're reading it, you don't necessarily think of it as a, a non-fiction book right. as such because it's a story, as uh, you say, the kind of way it's written. Yeah. It's kind of like a story. Yeah. I don't know that I would go and read the full version. Mm. Um, I quite like just the pocket version. Yeah. And, and that does me. Um, and I think a lot of people maybe to... If they're not into non-fiction, absolutely, that would be a good way, way of kind of for sure testing the waters. Or even for I mean. people who are not really into reading as mm -hmm. much, I yes. think this would be great because it's like when there's a good story, and if you like cats, or you know, like if you just like stories about people overcoming challenges or whatever, yeah, exactly. you have different things why you get into the book. Like I picked up my book because I like like fringe beliefs mm -hmm. and I like knowing why you know people are thinking these things and what they do with that belief mm -hmm. but someone else might pick up because they really like UFOs uh -huh. or the cover or, the cover's yeah. just really striking it's yeah. you know a quite a modern looking cover if that makes sense yeah it reminded me a lot of I don't know if you know John Ronson at all he's written a series of books that I also think the genre of weird <laughs> that's what he does so the first book I read of him was his was called The Men Who Stare at Goats which oh. was also which also was made into a movie yes, I believe uh, yeah. and that like you know that was so my kind of book because mm -hmm. it talked about all these things that you would think are completely fiction mm -hmm. but actually is true and yeah. was like funded by the US military and this book's full of those kinds of things as mm -hmm. well but in a smaller package so like it's like those chapters and sections that delve into it so I think it makes it for a much more accessible kind mm -hmm. of yeah. non-fiction book much like yeah. yours uh -huh. I, I have an extract if you uh, don't yes, mind that no. I read which sells See, the book to you yes uh, which I will now find while I talk <laughs> and distract yes so Right now, as you read these words, there are scientists in Silicon Valley who are spending their days trying to work out if the universe is actually just a giant video game. There are ornithologists in Australia who are attempting to prove their theory that there's a species of bird singing pop songs from the 1930s in the wild. <laughs> and in Poland, there is a ghost hunter who continues to warn us of his belief that ghosts have become so annoyed by the recent rise of skepticism skepticism about their existence that they're threatening to go on strike oh. if you're going to have that attitude we're not going to bother haunting you anymore <laughs> appears to be the message everyone it seems has a theory they're trying to prove be it about something as big as the meaning of life or as small as trying to work out why australians speak the way they do there's just so much we don't know why are we here do ghosts exist 
Are we being visited by extraterrestrials? Are plants sentient? And why, when you're in the shower, does the shower curtain always blow in towards you? We don't know the answers to any of these questions. But in this book, I'll be introducing you to some people who think they've more or less figured them out. Along the way, you'll learn the word for thank you in plant language from a leading botanist. You'll be invited by conservationists to help save an endangered species from being shampooed out of existence. Oh. <laughs> and you'll discover why you should probably try to avoid winning a Nobel Prize in the sciences. Most importantly though, you'll learn that pretty much everyone in the world harbours their own little bit of batshit. Oh. <laughs> so this was in the introduction. Mm -hmm. And it's true, I think, like I think everyone has a little bit of irrational stuff for whatever reason that to them seems perfectly rational Absolutely. but to everyone else seems like completely like you're living in a different reality mm -hmm. and that's what I think this book does a lot that there are all these multiple realities of people and they just kind of find people who believe the same realities with you and form that sense of connection mm -hmm. and relationships which I like I love and it's just a really fun book to read. I don't, you've, you've kind of twisted my arm a wee mm -hmm. bit to have a go at it. Yeah. I might dip into it a wee bit. Yeah. And, and to find out about the raccoon though I'm interested in the I raccoon do, I know some of the things that he mentioned about in the introduction but I don't want to give you spoilers okay. but it is quite bad shit it's like it's all really some of it had, and it's a balance mm -hmm. like some of it has easily not easily but things that have been disproved mm -hmm. but some or like have like a reasonable explanation for it but then there are some things that he writes that it's like these coincidences that are happening or which these people would say are not coincidences it's like planned by whatever they're like you know it's the way he writes them as well but in the end I really like um, so you know in the author's note he ends it with he lives in London and has no idea what he believes anymore <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit what I felt like while reading this book is this real is this you know could this be real could this maybe not be real now or like it's not proven now by science but maybe in the future mm -hmm. when we have the tools and the knowledges because you know even like astronomy and things there were people a thousand two thousand years ago using their more rudimentary tools yeah. to um, have these theories that are proven now by exactly. our advanced scientific tools so who knows we are both fans of science fiction, um, like Star Wars, Star Trek on the TV, mm -hmm. and quite often we see that in those kind of things. Yeah. You know that you know they'll visit a planet or whatever, and you know they're more advanced than us, mm -hmm. so they they know more. Um, but you know we've ha we've got an explanation for it, but actually the explanation is something slightly different. Um, and as you say, a thousand years ago, yeah, you know their beliefs were their surroundings, what they believed from what how they lived yeah you know in a hundred years time from now who knows yeah um you know will they look back on social media and go oh <laughs> why um, yeah. things like that exactly. you know um so yeah that sounds quite interesting i think this would have this has great potential to be either like a docu-series mm -hmm. or a podcast even he's also a podcaster yeah. he hosts a co-hosts a podcast called no such thing as a fish which I've like I've been meaning to it's on my to listen list but I think this sort of the structure that it is you know that's why I really like podcasts mm -hmm. as well for this accessible nature of in giving information mm -hmm. out but I'm, I'm also again like I keep getting distracted by the ginger cat there <laughs> on your cover who would you recommend a street cat uh, called Bob to um, 
I think anybody that's kind of struggling with, with anything, you know, be it an ingrown toenail to, <laughs> you know, something more... Well, ingrown toenails are quite serious, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's just a nice, a nice book. Um, you know, it's not going to tax you too much. Yeah. Um, and as I say, the quick read version is a nice shortened version. Um, not all quick reads are non-fiction either. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, there are a lot of authors out there, my favourite, Matthew Riley, who, who's written a kind of short story, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm not a fan of a short story a book of short stories uh, but this way you can kind of pick something yeah. up read that story and then put it back and yeah. then read something else yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's more about the quick reads rather than the actual book itself yeah that's... but I do have a sneaky other book Patty. Oh, is it okay first? of course so, although I don't like I don't like um, non-fiction books I do like a historical book Ooh. so a uh, historical crime that kind of thing I like Simon Scarrow who does like Roman stories yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I recently read <gasps> The Book Thief it was on my oh. on my list for many many years I yeah. know probably everybody in the whole planet has read it but I've only recently finished it and I absolutely loved it I warn you now I cried quite a lot Yeah. even mm-hmm. though you kind of know what's coming up but you can't um, predict it. But you, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, it's the book Thief. It's a book about death. It's from death's perspective. Um, and it's about a girl in the Second World War in Nazi Germany. Um, and what I liked about it was, I think we have this thing where, when we look back at history, there's the good guys and the bad guys. And there's no, you know, there's nothing in between. Um, and this book kind of showed you that in Nazi Germany, there were good people um, just like you know in some of the allied countries there were some bad people mm-hmm. doing bad things um, and it's basically just you know a, a wee village where they live um, and things happen um, and death kind of takes a slight interest in it um, and I just absolutely loved it um, and that's what for, for me that's entertainment that's reading a wee bit about history because you get you know some of the stuff that's happening in the wider sense um, but it's like a micro kind of idea, you know, it's like a small village, what's happening in, in that point in time, yeah. these few people, um, and I absolutely loved it. Um, you've read it yourself, haven't you? I have years ago, and I was not emotionally prepared for, no. <laughs> like, obviously I knew what I was, I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I thought it was a children's book for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, uh, because it is told through the perspective of a young person, yeah. but... I mean, I guess in like a sort of a teenager or like mm-hmm. a really advanced reader could possibly read it. Mm-hmm. But it is, uh, yeah, it, it was quite a traumatic but a fantastic book. Yeah. And just you saying about, you know, the sort of this good guys and bad guys mm-hmm. in both, um, like, yeah, in whatever contexts. I think this would make a really good companion to like you know everyone's talking about Oppenheimer now and that's kind of like you know uh, like it's about the person who I think uh, designed the atomic bomb that uh, was used in Japan Mm -hmm. during the second world war as well so but again you know the sort of like I haven't watched it yet I don't know if I'm going to and and, I'm not entirely (laughs) sold on it like and it's three hours long as well but it's a huge sort of like you know cultural Mm -hmm. kind of touchstone at the moment and I think like I think in that they talk a little bit more about the nuance and complexity of 
yeah people making this decision because in some perspective like if you look at it from probably a US perspective he was a good guy like in many cases I'm sure there are people in the US yeah. who did. but then if you look at it from Japan mm-hmm. he was like an arch villain I'm yeah. sure and even now you know how this conversation shift and change and like yeah so it would be really interesting I think to have different perspectives on this momentous Absolutely. period of history Absolutely. So. and the good thing about this it did make me go and look a couple of things up so it mentions a couple of camps that I wasn't really aware of because you know Ipswich you know know, but you know it talks about some other ones and you know some other kind of things and you think oh so although I don't read non-fiction I would go and I would find something out you know I might type into to google and say you know yeah name something that would give me information um what I would say is that obviously you would prefer to go to a book because google can give you yeah an awful lot of information um, at one time but yeah for me that's when I would go to non-fiction, when I would have read something and I would go, oh right, I need to know a wee bit more about that. Yeah. Um, and then I would I would go and read something. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't read it, read The Book Thief um, because it is just wonderful. Um, and as I say, you know, like right near the beginning, basically people are going to die. Yeah. Because <laughs> death every now and again kind of... Hints at it. Yeah, it's yeah. a heart, yeah. Um, but you don't know how, when, or why, or anything like that. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just a wonderful story, and it just reminds you that you know there were nice people out in the world, you know, when things were happening. And also, I think like you know, just as you were saying that, I really like the idea. Like you said, this was like a small sort of a small a picture of like a specific village, and that's the thing, right? Like so many people have like things that are their stories mm-hmm. and but may not correspond with other people's yeah, stories so you know you're sort of and may co- flat out contradict other people's stories or mm-hmm. facts or whatever and it's just that how do you get to know more and more about mm-hmm. the world and I think like reading stories like this or non-fiction just like reading or mm-hmm. listening or watching or whatever yeah. is just giving you a glimpse into more people's stories and realities that may be completely different from Mm -hmm. yours or what you would have imagined but it's just a glimpse into a wider world I think that's a great way to they always say that um, if you took three people and made them watch the same event whether it was a car crash or you know somebody walking past there'll be four different versions of what actually happened and if you think of that on a a global scale absolutely you know know, if if this was a true story for example somebody else in that village would have had a completely different absolutely view of what happened yeah Um, and it's similar in this as well mm -hmm. like you know these kinds of things that they're taking from people these stories like some people are convinced that what they saw means this one thing whereas others are convinced that no actually it has a completely different explanation and it's like he's not really passing judgment in this so much as like you know he calls them batshit a lot but in the introduction he says that I'm, I'm doing this with utmost affection I think all of us are a bit batshit really <laughs> so it's not a judgment no, value exactly. judgment and it's just like yeah just great fun mm-hmm. it's like if you go to a uh a gallery and you three people look at the, the same picture and the picture doesn't move the picture is is there but those three people will get something different yeah. out of that yeah it's the same with books you yeah know, people absolutely get the different something different out of 
out of each thing. Because they're bringing in their themselves exactly. into what they're reading. So like depending on what their interests, priorities, politics, experiences mm-hmm. are. And that's how you're coming together. But that's what I'm really interested in. That's why I love this podcast yeah. as well. <laughs> because we're just chatting about things, but we're bringing different things into Absolutely. like our conversation as well. And then while we're talking, we're pointing out all these different <laughs> connections. So yes, so this yeah, is, exactly. I'm glad B brought us together. Yeah. And if you think about it, if you looked at these three books, you would go, there's nothing in common nope. there. <laughs> nope. But actually, when we've been yeah. talking about it, you're like, oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, B keeps us... Um, she keeps us on our toes she and does. she keeps us connected. <laughs> Speaking of which, do you know what our challenge for next week is? I do. I'm quite looking forward to this. It's a colourful life. Oh. A colourful life. Well, we'll see how that goes. I am a pretty colourful person. Yes, you are. <laughs> I am going to have to see how that translates into uh-huh. my reading. But yes, I think that's it for us from for today. We'll see you next time with The Colourful Life. Bye. Bye.